when uh, Batesville Christian Church began on October 3rd, 1970, vests like these were a popular look with youth. Popular singers like Bobby Sherman, David Cassidy, and Donny Osmond could be seen wearing these vests, which prompted the purchase of similar vests for a generation. Well, styles change, thankfully. I hope I can get out of this. It's a little tougher to get into than I expected. A little bigger than I was in the 70s. But the word of God is unchanging. The timeless truth of scripture is founded on the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.8 reminds us, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And while our methodology changes, our message never changes. I like the quote that says, methods are many, principles are few. Methods always change, principles never do. And BCC was founded on a reliance on the word of God to guide us. While our technology transforms, the transformational content of our message remains the same as it was when the church began on the Jewish holiday of Pentecost in AD 30. And that reliance on the word of God has served BCC well for the past five decades, just as it will on into the future. So today we begin the 50th anniversary series, Our History, His Story. And we focus on the the first foundational quality of our church. We strive to be a church of truth. Let's consider first that God's truth assigns. I I hope you subscribe to BCC's midweek update. That's our, our weekly email communication update with our church family. If you don't currently receive it, would you please just put a note on your, uh, your card, your connection card, or you can contact the church office and give us your email address. We'll be glad to get you started. There's no cost to subscribe. But I shared the following story in last Wednesday's issue. In his book, Up From Slavery, Booker T. Washington explained that in the period following the Civil War, Many people became teachers, thinking that would be a a good way to make a living. And one particular fellow went from village to village, teaching and receiving pay. As he entered one town, the people asked if he taught that the earth was round or if he taught that the earth was flat. And he replied, I am prepared to teach it either way based on the preference of the majority of the citizens. Well, please understand this morning that truth is not determined by surveys or majority opinion. We live in a confusing time when so many people are looking for truth about relationships. They're looking for truth about God. They're looking for truth about morality. And they're considering all kinds of opinions. But real truth can only be found in the full obedience to Jesus as described in his word. I'm going to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and look at verses 14 through 17, where the apostle Paul is speaking to his younger understudy in the ministry, Timothy. He says, but as for you, 
Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and from how, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Pay particular attention to this next verse. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is, is useful for teaching. It's, it's God's way. It's, it's the right way. It's objective truth. It's, it's absolute truth. It has the value for rebuking and correcting, calling us back when we have gotten off the path and We've strayed. I I like the quote that says, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. It's useful for training in righteousness. All other books are written for the purpose of information, but the Bible is written for the purpose of our transformation. God's truth is absolute truth. That should come as no surprise. It's not on a sliding scale. It it doesn't change based on fads or popularity. God designed the world with precision. The law of gravity is precise. The earth's tilt on its axis at exactly 23 degrees is very precise. God's truth assigns our origin. I like the joke about the the zookeeper who was surprised to to walk into the cage and he saw a gorilla and he noticed that he had a book in each hand. In one hand, the gorilla had an evolutionary textbook and in the other, he had a Bible. The zookeeper asked, what are you doing? And the gorilla replied, I'm trying to find out if I'm my brother's keeper or my keeper's brother. But we don't have to wonder about our origin. God's truth is found in the Bible. We know how we came. The apostle Peter was with Jesus from the beginning of his ministry. And Simon Peter saw Jesus crucified and then restored to life. And so he became a courageous leader in the early church. And so convinced of the truth of the resurrection was he that Peter died a martyr's death. Tradition tells us when they were preparing to crucify Peter, he asked them to crucify him upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to die in the same manner as my master. Before his execution, he wrote these words as a testimony to the veracity of Christ's resurrection and God's truth. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand 
that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Peter said, I've seen this firsthand. I'm an eyewitness. I'm so convinced of the truth of it that I'm I'm willing to to seal my testimony with my lifeblood. So please don't be confused and think this is hearsay or or rumor or speculation. He said, this is fact. Second thing I want us to see about God's truth is that God's truth applies. Uh, A daily reading will help us saturate our minds with the word of God so that his thoughts become our thoughts. And as we apply that to the way we live, it'll make a difference in in how we live. I think another powerful tool to prepare ourselves is Bible memorization. Often children can can memorize much more readily. I remember uh, when I was in seventh grade, Roy Weiss was was our teacher in Vacation Bible School, and he told that that class. He said he was a he's a big guy, about six six four, booming voice, uh, silver hair, and he was a pretty imposing character. So when when he said to the seventh grade class, "Now this week you're all going to memorize twenty five scriptures, and we'll recite them together on the last day." We all thought, well, that's pretty ambitious. 25 verses in one week, I, you know, I don't know, but we really liked our teacher and we didn't want to let him down. And, and so we all worked hard. And that week, every kid in that, that class memorized all 25 verses and we recited them in, in unison on the last day. And kids have a greater capacity for, for memory. And, and so it's so important that we pour into our, our children scripture so that they, they learn it while it's easier. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. So why is it important to hide the word of God in our hearts? That we might not sin against God. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 4 when Satan approached Jesus with three specific temptations, his effort to derail Christ's redemptive work? And each time Jesus responded, refuting Satan by quoting scripture. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Your Bible is a a comprehensive volume offering directions to chart the course for the most fulfilling way of living. And the, the Bible applies in principle to, to every situation imaginable. A, a minister was dropping some books off to a family in the church and he knocked on the door, but no one answered. So he just left the books on the front porch, but he thought he'd leave a note with them so they, they knew where they had come from. And so he, he prided himself in having a Bible verse for every situation. So he pulled out his business card and he wrote, hmm, would be a good verse. Ah, 
Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So he scribbled that verse on there and, and, and left it with the books. The next Sunday, uh, in, in the offering plate came back his business card with another verse written on it. The, the lady of the house had been in the shower when he arrived, and she wrote Genesis 3.10. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. <laughs> so the Bible speaks to every situation, every question, every need in life, either by direct statement or by a general guideline, or by a historic precedent. God's truth assigns. It assigns purpose to life. Why are we here? What's the the purpose of this? That's answered in the Bible. It assigns meaning to life. It, It assigns instruction for life. Last spring, we gave a copy of, of Holly's Bible Handbook as a gift to our BCC graduates. And this is a helpful Bible study tool that they can use all through life. And the author wrote this paragraph in the book. He said, thoughts have power over our lives to often being in our minds. We, we read the Bible frequently and regularly so that God's thoughts may frequently and regularly in our minds become, uh, his thoughts may become our thoughts. Our ideas may become conformed to God's ideas so that we may be transformed into God's own image and be made fit for eternal companionship with our creator. I've often been asked following a message, people going out the door shaking hands, hey, uh, do you have our house bugged? And I know what they mean because God's truth is relevant It has application for our lives every day. No, I I don't have a surveillance system, but the the Holy Spirit speaks through the word as it's shared, and it it convicts us of changes that we need to make in our lives. Listen to Hebrews 4.12. It says, the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Our authority in our messages, in our song lyrics, in our meditations, in our testimonials, in our devotions, our authority comes from God's word. It's not just mere human opinion or, or conjecture. Many times the, the topic of the day relates precisely with a question you may have or a, a struggle you're encountering or a, a topic that's of great personal interest to what you are facing. My role is to speak the truth in love and the Holy Spirit will provide with laser-like precision and accuracy, the the motivation to penetrate a heart that is open to listening to God's guidance and, and then making genuine change. My goal each week is to plant some seeds of truth in your life that will be referred back to during the week, throughout the week on Tuesday or 
on Friday as you think back to, to something that we, we learned or studied. As we apply the teaching of the truth of God's word and it begins to refine us and reform us more and more into conformity with the image of our Lord. We saw last month as we studied the life of King David of Israel that although the writings that we were studying were 3,000 years old, the application of those four teachings on being available to serve God or courage for facing giant obstacles or being a true friend and offering forgiveness, all four were relevant as much as today's top of the news broadcast current features. God's truth applies. God's truth aligns. God's truth applies. And finally, I want you to see that God's truth abides. It's here to stay. Critics and opponents have tried for eons to diminish the Bible, but this divine document is still standing, enduring, unsilenced. Why do some want to discredit the Bible? Very simply, they don't want to live their lives under its authority and under God's guidance. They, they want to rule the roost. They want to call the shots. They don't want God's will or, or God's way. Like Frank Sinatra saying, they want to do life my way. But God has made us. He knows what is best for us. His ways are designed to protect us from pain and maximize our results in life. The, the Bible is our owner's manual. When you get a new vehicle, you reach in the glove compartment and you find the owner's manual put there by the manufacturer to help ensure the best results and the best performance. God's truth abides. It says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23 through 25, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The, the grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. 50 years ago, that first service, four people were part of that. Bill Nuring and his small family gathered together as, as the charter members of Batesville Christian Church. And that same message is reverberating from the pulpit today, more than 50 years later. God's word, his truth, abides. The skeptic modernist Voltaire once boasted that it took 12 ignorant friends, uh, fishermen to, to establish Christianity, and he would show how one Frenchman could destroy it. So he set out to, to try to discredit the Bible and, and work against it. I think God has a great sense of humor and, and a, a, a twist of a fate, irony, 
25 years after Voltaire's death, his home was purchased by the Geneva Bible Society. It became a storehouse for the distribution of, of Bibles. You picture this French guy saying, I will wipe out this Christianity. And God says, yeah, let's put the Bible warehouse right there, his house. The Bible is the perennial best-selling book in the world. Listen to the the words of of this poem called The Anvil. Uh, it, It summarizes the durability of God's word. Last eve, I passed beside a blacksmith's door. I heard the anvil ring the vesper chime. Then looking in, I saw upon the floor old hammers worn with beating years of time. How many anvils have you had, said I, to wear and batter all those hammers so? Just one, said he, and then with twinkling eye, the anvil wears the hammers out, you know. And so I thought the anvil of God's word for ages Skeptic blows have beat upon, yet though the noise of falling blows was heard, the anvil is unharmed, the hammers gone. Robert Moffat, missionary to the savage tribes of South Africa, translated the Bible into the the native language and he taught the people to read. He, He watched the remarkable changes which the gospel brought in the lives of these formerly fierce warriors. He saw them show mercy and compassion to enemies and and to the weak and to the helpless. One day, a a native with a, a dog on a leash came running up to him. He said, my best hunting dog is ruined and it's your fault. Moffat examined the dog and said, I, I see nothing wrong with him but I know he's ruined. He ate some pages from the Bible that you gave me. Moffat laughed. He said, that won't hurt, but it will, argued the native. I have seen the Bible in the heart of a man change him from a fierce warrior to a gentle, peaceful neighbor. If it will do that to a man, I know that my dog will never again be fierce enough to be a good hunting dog. We may smile at that man's understanding of how God's word operates, but he learned the vital truth. The gospel works. It does change lives. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for your willingness to speak into our lives through your word. Lord, may we become more receptive to what it has to tell us. May we listen and absorb it and and memorize it and and study it and and, and ruminate on it, Lord, so that it becomes a a part of our entire being and personality and just who we are. Lord, we want to reflect Christ in the way that we live and in the more that we feed on your truth the greater our chances are of of resembling him. And so we we thank you for a a heritage that we have of being a part of a church that relies on the word and is faithful to the word. And 
Lord, we understand the um, responsibility that we have to continue that until the return of your son. And it's in his name that we pray.